virtual assistants. Are you tempted to hire one or you don't know exactly how they can help you? Well, you are in luck. This is the third part of our Stop the Overwhelm series and today we will talk about how to hire your first virtual assistant. This is going to be one knowledge-packed episode, so stay tuned. Welcome to the 58th episode of Legally Fluent Podcast, a series that equips you with the legal and business knowledge that you need to attract your clients worldwide and create a business that allows you freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment that you so desire. I'm here to break down intimidating legal and entrepreneurial concepts into simple, actionable steps that you can implement today. From behind-the-scenes secrets of successful online businesses to tried-and-true legal strategies, I've got you covered. And it doesn't matter if you're just starting out or a seasoned entrepreneur. If you want to discover what works and what not, you are in the right place. I am your mentor and host, Venever Danimar, an onlinepreneur legal strategist, co-CEO of the Danimar household, a lawyer and like you, an online business owner. Probably your tasks are piling up and you are in desperate need for help. But you do not have the means to pay a full-time employee, especially where you are at. Where do you get help? Now, welcome to the world of virtual assistants. I tell you, having a virtual assistant can be a game changer because all of those menial tasks that do not really bring in money but are equally important for your business gets to be done without you sacrificing more time. Now, if you ask me when you should hire a virtual assistant, I would say sooner than later. Because the sooner you get help, the sooner you can free up time for more important tasks that are actually bringing in money. But I know that outsourcing can be quite difficult for some of us because we tend to be hands-on. Our business is our baby after all. Probably in your head, you're thinking, Well, they cannot do it better than me. I know my business inside and out. Well, I think that way as well. But let me tell you this. There will always be something in your business that can be done by another person. So here is my tip. First is to list down all the things that you do in your business, like editing podcasts, writing scripts, making visuals for your posts, posting them. Be very detailed. And once you know the tasks that need to be done in your business, arrange them in order of priority. What are the major tasks and the minor tasks? After that, further classify them into tasks that only you can do and tasks that can be outsourced. So for example, you have a Facebook group. You can outsource the role of a Facebook group manager. I know, I know, the control freak in you is starting to freak out. Now take a deep breath and relax. You need to remember that your business is dependent on how much quality time that you can give it. Because time is your most important capital. Now, I have this favorite line from a marketing expert and he said, We can no more afford to spend major time on minor things than we can to spend minor time in major things. And it makes sense, isn't it? 
If you can outsource the minor things, you then get more time to do the major things. Things that actually matter more or things that actually bring in income. For me, I cannot outsource the content of my podcast. I can ask someone to edit it, but the actual content, the outline, and of course my voice, that cannot be outsourced. The editing, however, which takes me forever, that can be outsourced. So imagine the time that I am able to save because someone is editing my podcast. Anyway, back to our task. Now, once you have this list, review them. See if the task that you wish to outsource involves confidential information or confidential data. If it does, then think it through. Do you really want to outsource this? Now, I am asking because if you really want to outsource that, or if you decide to outsource, make sure you have an airtight agreement with your virtual assistant when it comes to confidentiality and protection of data. And not only that, you also need to make sure that your virtual assistant will also protect your intellectual property rights like your trademark, your copyrights, and not only protect, they shouldn't copy it or distribute it themselves without your consent. Once you know the task that can be outsourced, the next thing to do is to look for your VA and where to find them. You can find assistants from every country in the world. If you have the funds and you can afford the hourly rate in your country, then start where you are because it is easier to communicate when you are in the same time zone and if you can even meet the person once in a while. But of course, meeting in person is completely optional because meeting online works just fine. If you cannot afford the hourly rate in your country of residence, then it's time to scout for virtual assistants outside your country. You can start looking at platforms like Fiverr and Upwork. I'm sure there are tons more out there, but I only have experience with these two platforms. The next step is to determine what skills do you require taking into account the tasks that you need to outsource. There are two ways of doing this. Either get one assistant who has multiple skills but not necessarily an expert in one or get an expert assistant to do a particular job. So for example, I have a virtual assistant that is specific for LinkedIn and I have one that is specific for my podcast. But of course, there are pros and cons for each. Do what suits your business and also your budget. Now, the most important criteria that you need to determine is whether they are fluent in your language. Because miscommunication is often the downfall of every relationship. Yep, even the relationship with your VA. Before hiring someone, set up a call. See how they communicate. Are they fluent? Are they struggling? Are there accents that you cannot understand? I have an experience with this. It's quite funny, actually. So I hired someone to do my podcast website. And while it seemed like he was fluent in written English, it was a disaster when I talked to him online. Because it turned out, he was actually using an app to translate what he wanted to say. And since he was only using a language translator app, there were things that were missed. It was a disaster. So make sure that you and your applicant VA can communicate with each other comfortably. Now, let's say that you have already posted the job and you have a couple of applicants. What should you ask during the interview? 
One, you need to ask for their skills and their strengths. Most people will tend to exaggerate. So my trick is to ask for a contact with people they work with or someone they've serviced before or someone who can talk about them. Because by doing this, it will make your prospect more aware that you can actually check and this may encourage them to be more honest. You can also encourage honesty by saying that you prefer that they tell you exactly what they can and cannot do than waste each other's time. The next thing that you need to talk about is their rate, their hourly rate. This will differ, of course, depending on where your VA is coming from. A $5 per hour VA in Nigeria is not exactly equivalent to a $5 per hour VA in Switzerland. The asking rate is usually commensurate to the quality of your VA's work. So it will be a red flag for me why the person in Switzerland is asking for such a low amount when the cost of living is so high. Once your applicant tells you what they can do, you should also make them know what exactly you need them to do. Be very, very specific. So for example, you need assistance with social media. You then need to be very specific how many posts they need to do, how much time of engagement you wanted them to make. Do they need to do the graphics themselves? Now, from a legal standpoint, you need to be very clear with the scope of services. Otherwise, this can be a pitfall. Not only should you lay down the task to be accomplished, but also how they should accomplish it. So for example, you want them to engage with your clients. Do you expect them to engage using your voice? And you need to be very clear how they can do that. Do you have a brand book that they can follow? Be specific because it's worth your time discussing all of these things in the beginning. The next thing that you need to talk about are scheduled restrictions. When can you expect them to work for you and when will they communicate? While you cannot control every aspect of a virtual assistant's work because that is just the nature of a contractor, you need to be very, very clear of some stuff like their availability. You don't want to be disturbing them in the middle of the night, your time, or them calling you in the middle of the night, your time. Now, once both of you are aware of the expectations and obligations, the next thing to tackle are, of course, legal stuff. Number one, are they willing to sign your contract as a contractor and not as an employee? There is a huge difference between having a contractor and an employee. If you hire an employee, then you will naturally be bound by the employment laws in the country where your VA is located, which means you can be slapped with penalties in case you don't pay for social contributions, overtime pay, and the like. Now, even if your VA agrees to your rate or agrees that you will not pay all of this stuff, if they are considered employees and not contractors, then labor laws will side with your VA. So be very, very careful. One way to make sure that you are hiring a contractor and not an employee is if they are registered as a self-employed individual or if they have their own company. So you have to be very persistent and ask for proof that they are registered as self-employed individuals or that they have a registered company. Next, you also need to know what policies, softwares, and infrastructures that they have in order to protect your data and that of your clients. 
So for example, for passwords, do they use a password manager? Is their connection secure? Do they have antivirus software? Things like this seem trivial, but they are so important because you will be liable in case data breach occurs, even if it was caused by your virtual assistant. So can you imagine the embarrassment if your virtual assistant's Facebook account was hacked and because of that, his or her Facebook account is used to scam your clients? That is quite embarrassing. Once you have chosen your virtual assistant, agree on a trial period, say two weeks or one month. Don't commit long-term right away. And lastly, make sure that you have a clear exit plan in your agreement. What if the relationship sours or you cannot continue paying your VA? How long should the notice period be and what are your obligations with each other? Now, once all of these are settled, you can enjoy more time, free time to use for tasks that actually brings in more money to your business. Remember, you should have weekly updates as well because communication is key. Make sure that you have regular check-in schedule with your VA so you can keep track of their work. While trust is essential in this relationship, you just can't trust too much unless you know your VA quite well. One caveat though, when hiring a VA and you give your VA access to your client's personal information, you need to be aware of privacy laws in your country and the place where your clients are located. Remember that most of these laws have restrictions on data exports or data transfers. So for example, Switzerland does not allow data to be exported or transferred to countries that are not included in its safe list. Now, if you aren't sure how to comply with data protection laws, let me invite you to the training website legal compliance with ease, the three simple steps that you need to accomplish to ensure protection and success. Go to www.legallyfluentacademy.com and register. The training will not be up for so long, so take advantage. It is free. If you've learned something from this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you will be the first one to know once we release a new episode. My goal in creating this podcast is to provide you with the necessary legal and entrepreneurial guidance so you can confidently run and scale your coaching, expert, or online business that works for you. Remember, it's not enough that you just set up your business. You need to be able to run it with peace of mind and security because you don't need a business that only gives you stress and anxiety. So if you're ready to leave anxiety, insecurity, and fear behind and take your business to new heights, be sure to follow Legally Fluent Podcast and our social media account, Legally She Can. Together, we'll navigate the legal landscape and set you up for long-term success. Join me next week for episode 59 of the series. And until then, my preppy friend, take care, keep striving for your goal, and stay legally fluent.